Hey, this is Josh Herrera, and I'm the pastor of Lighthouse Church, North County, and this is our podcast. Wherever you are and however you are listening, I want to say thank you for tuning in to what we are teaching at Lighthouse. Our desire is that these messages would help you to fulfill your God-given potential. If this message impacts you, share it with someone you know. We are on this journey together, becoming more like Jesus, one day and one step at a time. Now here's today's message. We hope it blesses you. We're going to dive into our sermon This is going to be our last message of 2023. I hope y'all are as excited to hear it as I am to speak it. I'm fired up today. We've had two great services, but I'm excited to once more share what I believe um, is is not just bringing some finality to this year, but it's also looking ahead to what I believe God wants to do in 2024. So go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to read two verses, Ephesians 3 verse 20, Ephesians 3 verse 21. It's coming up on the screen, and uh, for those of you that want to follow along on your devices, you can do that. For those of you that are taking notes, all I know is note takers are history makers, so y'all just keep on doing that. All right, here we go. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 20 through 21. It says this, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I have a sermon title that is actually a question, and that title is this. Are you who God is looking for? Are you who God is looking for? Everybody say in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and you may be seated. Let's dive into our final message of the year. In 1999, or as my sons call, the 1900s. (laughs) They like to make me feel old. In the 1900s, I decided to enroll in Bible college. I wanted to pursue uh, the study of God's word in an academic environment. And so I left beautiful San Diego. How many of y'all know we live in a beautiful city? I left beautiful San Diego, and I made my way up to beautiful Stockton, California. Okay, for if you're wondering why some people are chuckling, it is because Stockton and beautiful do not belong in the same sentence. Okay, the, the, the city with the highest crime rate in our state is Oakland, and second is Stockton. Okay, it's one, it's number two, it's right there. I will never forget when I went and my parents, they dropped me off for college. My mom opened the dorm and she turned around and looked at me. She said, you know, we can find you a Bible college in San Diego. You do not need to stay here. (laughs) You know, it was just not great. But you know you are called if you leave San Diego to go to Stockton. Now, my point in saying all of that is that the greatest lesson that I learned in Bible college, what I learned, my, my, my number one takeaway is you cannot read a text without first putting it in context, okay? Everybody say context. You cannot read a verse of the Bible and ignore context. If you ignore context, you will absolutely misapply and misappropriate that verse. And I grew up in the type of church where, man, I would read verses and just believe it to mean something, and it wasn't until I read the context that I realized, ah, That has nothing to do with what I thought. And so the reason I say all of that is because when we read Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, we like that verse. We God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine. How many of y'all like that verse? That's 
That's one of our fun verses in the Bible. That's our, that's our favorite verse in the Bible. Some of us got, got that, that verse on a frame from Hobby Lobby, and it's on your wall at home right now. You love that verse. Now, now that's actually going to be our verses for 2024. When I was praying about, you know, the, the, a verse for the year, Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, that, that just kept resonating. And I thought, God, am, am, do I only want that verse because it's one of our fun verses? Like, like, do I only want that verse because it's about what you're going to do for us? But God was just impressing it on my heart. So I knew that today, in order for us to walk in that verse, i got to give you the context of that verse. So let's dive into Ephesians chapter 3. When Paul is writing a letter to Ephesians, to, to the church in Ephesus, he's writing a letter because there's problems. You see, Paul's in jail, and you didn't get a letter because you were behaving. That, that's not the way it worked. All of the epistles, and if you read your New Testament, and uh, I'm already teaching you how to read your Bible, mo those letters were because they were acting up, okay? It, it, or what they would say, the church was acting the fool. So, so Paul had to write them a letter to bring correction. In Ephesians chapter 3, here's what's happening. Paul is correcting them because the Jews were still bickering with the Gentiles as to how they were to worship and what they were supposed to do as a part of the church. You see, what the Jews were doing is they wanted the Gentiles, everyone that is not a Jew, to follow custom and culture that belonged to Judaism. And so they were saying, you got to do these things in order to be saved. And the Gentiles were like, no, nah, Jesus never said to do that. And Paul never said to do that. And Peter never taught us to do that. And so Paul has to write a letter and he begins to tell them, hey, kind of like Martin, can't we all just get along? You know what I mean? Paul, Paul's like having to say to them, why the bickering? Why are we fighting? Why, why, why can't we all just get along? And Paul reminds them, you are part of a new family. Can you all say a new family? That, that's the tone of Ephesians 3. We are part of a new family, and we have a new covenant. You see, Israel was God's first family, but they would not be God's final family. The church would be God's family. You see, Israel was first, but Israel was not final. How many of you know that he is a God of firsts? This is why I tell you guys, we bring our tithe. We give the first to God. Why? Because he's the God of first. In the morning, we pray. We read our Bible. Why? Because he's the God of first. We give him our first. Well, in the same way, God's first was Israel, and then eventually it would become the church. So everything that we see in the Old Testament through Israel is a pattern, is a forerunner to what God would reveal through the church in the New Testament. Y'all tracking with me so far? So, so what Paul is saying to them is, we have a new family, and in this new family, I love this, in this new family, it looks different than the world. The new family is a family that unites in spite of the way that we vote. Oh, it's getting a little quiet in here. You see, see, some, some of us, we, we don't invite our cousin to Thanksgiving anymore because they vote for that party. Some of us, we don't talk to our, our, our aunt anymore because she votes that way. You know, the church is the only place where Democrat, Republican, and Independent should be able to come and worship God together. Why? Because we don't, we don't back a political agenda. We back a kingdom agenda. We are, be, we are backing what God is doing here on this earth. And, and the church is the only place where a homeless person can sit next to a doctor and they can all worship together. Why? Because Paul says the church is united. And, and the church isn't about rich or poor or free or slave or black or white or Jew or Gentile. We're all one family and we all have a new covenant. You see, I talked about communion just a minute ago and I said that when, when Jesus gave them the wine at the final supper, he said, this is the new covenant bought with my blood. You see, in order for him to say the, 
that this is the new covenant, there had to be an old covenant. And the old covenant was the Torah. It was what God had with Israel. But the new covenant, you see, God established a new family, and the new family is the church. The church is God's family. He is our head, and the foundation of the church is Jesus Christ. And, and so we are part of this new family, but, but here's the deal now. Here's the deal. The family was fighting. That's why Paul had to write the letter because sometimes the family starts acting dysfunctional. Sometimes the church starts acting dysfunctional. And here's the deal. Jesus ain't dysfunctional and God ain't dysfunctional. But sometimes the church starts acting up and so Paul had to write a letter saying, y'all got to get your act together. There's this saying that says, as the culture goes, so goes the church. I mean, the church follows culture. But can I tell you that what I really believe happens is as the church goes, so goes the culture. So when the church starts to divide, there's no hope for our city. When the church starts to fight with each other, there's no hope for North County. When the church starts to bicker, the city's going to bicker. When the church starts to get political, the whole city's going to get political. I've got to say all this because 2024 is an election year. And I don't know what it is about election years, but the demons manifest. So we're getting, we're getting out ahead of this stuff, okay? So, so the church, so when we unite and when we let love be our bond, we begin to influence our city. We begin to drive out darkness. We begin to drive out Satan's agenda for this city, and the kingdom of heaven begins to come. But that only happens when the church has its stuff together. That only happens when the church is behaving the way that the church is supposed to behave. When the church gets dysfunctional, the city gets dysfunctional. And I don't know about you, but in 2024, I want to see God bring great healing to the city of Vista. Come on, how many want Vista to start looking more like heaven? How many want North County to start looking a little bit more like heaven? Well, where does that begin? It begins with the church. Look at your neighbor and tell them it begins with us. It begins with us. Because if the church can't get it together, what hope does the city have to get it together? Amen, Lighthouse Church. So we have got to get this together. So, so Paul writes this letter to them to try to get them. Come on, we got to get our stuff together so we can make a difference. So that's, I just exegeted verses 1 through 13 of Ephesus. Let me take you to verses 14 through 19 before we can talk about 20 and 21. So verses 14, Paul says this, For this reason, I kneel before the Father. What reason? The, the church wasn't united. That's the reason. He's saying, like, look, y'all been acting up. Y'all forgot that we're one family. We have a new covenant. Now, this is why I kneel before the Father. He's basically saying, I'm praying for you guys. I'm interceding for you guys. I'm making intercession for you guys. Ain't that something? That Paul's the one in prison, yet he's the one that's praying for the church. Who was really in prison? You get what I'm saying? So, so the, the churches should be sending meals on wheels to Paul, right? They should be writing Paul's letter. But no, it's Paul. It's Paul who's bringing correction to the church. It's Paul who's praying for the church. It's Paul who's bringing leadership to the church from a jail cell. But it was like, you all are making me do this. So he says, I kneel before the Father. Let me read all of this, and we're going to break this down. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. There it is again, this new family. Moving on. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So the first thing that we see Paul do is Paul starts with prayer. Everybody say prayer. Everybody say prayer like you had a good lunch. Say prayer. prayer. Some of y'all are like, I haven't had lunch, Pastor. That's why. It's about as good as it gets. Prayer. Here's what you need to know about prayer. The language of the church is prayer. I don't know if you know that. But the language of the church is prayer. 
Why is the language of the church prayer? Because prayer is the language of heaven. In the book of Revelation, John gets a vision of what heaven looks like. And when John sees heaven, he sees worship and prayer surrounding the throne 24-7. So when we pray, we are bringing down the template of heaven here to earth. And when we pray, we are bringing heaven's language to the earth. And so the church needs to have the right language. I wrote this in my notes. It says, when the church begins to pray, it unites under a heavenly language and the schemes of heaven invade the earth as God's children advance the kingdom agenda. How many of you know that God is up in heaven scheming plans for this city? All he needs is for his children to pull it down. And how do we pull that down? We pull that down through prayer. We pull that down through prayer. The language of the church must be must be prayer and prayer has to drive the church we are not driven by our values and a church has to have values we are not driven by our systems and every church has to have systems we are not even driven by vision and every church should have a vision but we are fueled and we are driven by prayer because a prayerless church is a powerless church you don't want to you want to know what vista doesn't need vista doesn't need a cool church vista doesn't need a hip church Vista doesn't need a popular church. You want to know what Vista needs? A praying church. Vista needs a church that's on its knees, praying down the kingdom of heaven. That's what's going to change this city. Not too long ago, I read uh, 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 something on the news where it said there was a 14-year-old boy in the city of Vista who stabbed an elderly woman. When I saw the article, I texted the Pastor Julio. I said, we've got work to do, Pastor Julio. That's why the church is here. We are here to drive out the darkness of the city of Vista, but it's only going to happen when we become a praying church. Come on, clap your hands if, you're if you agree with that. It, it, it's a language. You see, I, I've, I coach first and second grade flag football, my little son right here, Jackson. And my, my first and second, flag, second grade flag football team, we actually have a language. And, and so I'll say something like fake B, sweep A. You guys are like, sweep what with what? The broom, the mop? What are you talking about, Pastor? Sweep what? But when I say that to my son, when I say that to the other boys in the team, it, it, it means something to them. Why? Because we have a common language. We have language that when spoken, it moves us into action. You see, the church is the family of God. We are his representatives here on earth, but the church needs to get on the same page. And the only way we get on the same page is if we start speaking the same language. And that language is prayer. That language is prayer. You see, the unfortunate thing is many churches treat prayer as just a thing that it does. But write this down. I want you to hear me well. Prayer is not a thing. Prayer is the thing. Prayer is not a thing. Prayer, prayer is the thing. What did Jesus do immediately after he was baptized? Went to the wilderness to what? Pray and to fast. He knew that even though he had just been baptized, affirmed by his father, dipped in water, he could not begin his earthly ministry. He could do nothing without first praying and fasting. Nothing begins until the church begins to pray. Does that sound good, Lighthouse Church? All right, so let's move on. Verse 14. We're still talking about verses 14 through 19. He goes on to say, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. Everybody say power through his spirit. The one thing we got to do as a church, number one, is we have to be a praying church. And then number two, we must be filled with the power of his spirit. Come on, how many of you know that we must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit? 
And that should not feel spooky to you. That should not feel weird to you. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1 and 8, I'm going to fill you with power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And why does he give us his power? So that we could be his witnesses. And here's the deal. We got a lot of powerless churches. We got a lot of powerless churches. Churches that have good systems, but they don't have power of the Holy Spirit. God, churches that have great vision, great creative, great social media, great, great graphic design, but they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have got to be a church that is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We must be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God in us, enabling us to do supernatural things to advance the cause of the kingdom of heaven here in our city. You need to know this. The power of the Spirit strengthens us to impact our city. Listen, we can't do this in our own, mo- in our own, po- in our own might. We cannot do this with our own, just with who we are. We, we cannot do this as individuals, but we can only do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something that we've got to get back to because, you know, there's just something that I've seen with a lot of churches is a lot of churches have lost their edge. They've lost their edge. They've, been, they've tried so hard to be relevant, tried so hard to be cool, tried so hard to be welcoming that they've lost their edge. And I'm all for excellence, and I'm all for creating an environment where people can come and, 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 and there's no obstacles to people experiencing God. I believe in all of that. But listen, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. People cannot come to our churches looking for God and only find us. People cannot come to our churches looking for God and all they see is us. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be moving in our church, Lighthouse. I said the power of the Holy Spirit has to be moving in our church. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be healing people from cancer. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be reconciling marriages. The power of the Holy Spirit has to be bringing renewal here to our earth. Let me just say this. He's not here so I can talk about him in a good way, in a good way, of course. There was a young man that we baptized not too long ago. When we first baptized him, uh, well, let me say it this way. When he first came to the church, his, uh, it, it, things were not going well um, with his marriage things were not going well with his children he was not able to see his children and i let him know brother you are going to be on a journey and i even let him know even though we just baptized you and even though god is able to it's going to take some time you you brought a lot of hurt to your family but i believe in time i believe in time through the power of god's spirit him working on you and eventually you know your wife seeing that these are legit changes that this isn't a fad that this isn't just hype i believe in time She'll allow you to see your kids again. Can I tell you that in the last two services, services, this gentleman was joined by his three children today. Come on. That's the power of God. Couldn't see his children when he first came here. But he said, God is working on me. And then he shared more good news with me. He goes, now my wife wants to come to church, and she's willing to give this marriage a shot. Come on. Somebody give God praise for that. Somebody give God praise for that. Listen, they can't just come to church and see us. What is that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working, doing what only the Holy Spirit can do. So we've got to be people of prayer, but we also got to be people of, of, of power. And then this goes on. Paul says, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power. Okay, let, let me pause right there. Rooted and established in love, that you would have power. You see, we don't want the power of the Holy Spirit just to say, man, I got the power of the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of weird people in church that just flow like that. You know what I mean? They want to be out in the parking lot giving prophecy. You know what I mean? Doing weird things. No, 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 no. God gives us the power of the Holy Spirit, but it must be rooted and established in love. If you don't love your neighbor, you don't deserve the power. 
Because you can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, but also be filled with selfish ambition. And you know who else had selfish ambition? Lucifer. How'd that turn out for him? I know, I went extreme. Okay. <laughs> Sorry to gaslight it, you know. But it's the truth. It's the truth. We, we don't, it, you've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit, but it must be rooted and established in love. See, the church that I grew up in, we were high in power and low on systems. And lots of times we were high in power, but low on love. Because, because our, our love would stop the minute someone didn't look like us. Our love would stop the minute someone didn't vote like us. Our love would stop whenever someone's values didn't look like our values. As if it was our values that mattered to begin with. It's all about Jesus. Come on, somebody. It's all about him. And so, so we, you got to have power, but it's got to be rooted and established in love. Because when it is rooted and established in love, it makes all the difference in the world. And it makes your witness so much more effective. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of mean Christians. Can I be honest with you? There's a lot of mean Christians. There's a lot of, and they don't, they don't look like Jesus. You know, they're just fighting in political arenas. Like, what are you fighting about? Come on, we're not advancing a political party. We're advancing the kingdom of Jesus here on this earth. And so power has to be rooted and established in love. And, and then let, 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 me, let me finish this verse, and then we'll come back to um, that, you may, that, that your power is rooted and established in love, that you may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. Watch this. I'm going to come back to it. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Write this down. The power of the Holy Spirit is to be rooted and established in love. But I want you to see what happens once we do that. When we get our love right, when the power of the Holy Spirit is, is rooted in love, Paul says, now you get to experience what's called limitless love. Can you all say limitless love? How many know there's no limit to the love of God? That's why the writer says, you're going to experience love that you're going to be like, how wide, how high, how deep, and how long. Paul is describing a type of love that we don't see regularly here on earth. But when the church of God starts acting like the children of God, we're going to begin to show this world a different type of love. A love that is going to impact every area of their life. This only happens, though, when we root ourselves in love. We've got to root ourselves and establish ourselves in love. I'm coming to a close. Let me take you now back to verse 20. So verse 20, like I said a minute ago, we love verse 20, and we love verse 21. It starts off as saying, now to him who is able. I've highlighted that word now because that word now is a conjunction. It's a conjunction. Let me take you back to schoolhouse rock in the 1970s. There was a song that you would hear when it was teaching you your words, conjunction, junction, what's your function? So whenever it would arrive at a conjunction where you have to ask, why is that word there? So the word now is a conjunction word. We like to shout about now to him who is able, my God, he's going to do it. But, but we have to ask ourselves, what is the now for? Here's what it means. You don't get to experience the blessings of verses 20 and 21 if you're not walking out verses 1 through 19. Because it's only when you are walking out verses 1 through 19, now unto him who is able. We want God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine, but you can't love your neighbor. Now unto him. You want God to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine, but the minute I said fast, you cut me off. You're like, huh, huh, hang up my fasting. I love my eat. I love my food. I'm going to eat meats. As a matter of fact, I'm going to reverse fast. I'm going to eat more when the church is fasting, just to show you guys. <laughs> Tell me to fast. <laughs> now unto him 
What's that conjunction for? What it's saying is, church, if we can get these things right, prayer, power of the Holy Spirit, rooted in love, we are going to see God do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. But that don't happen without the first 19 verses, Lighthouse Church. And we're going to be talking about Ephesians 3, 20 through 21, all 2024. I'm going to get into that. But we don't get there until we establish prayer, the power of the Holy Spirit, and being rooted in love. Those three things have been really messing with me in the sense that I want to apply some directions to them. These three directions, I, I've been thinking about these directions, and as I was studying, it all came to light. I was like, oh, there it is in the Scriptures. I saw, I saw these directions, and then I saw it in the Scripture. Well, when, when it says, and it says we must kneel before the Father, we're, we're going to pray first. Everybody say, pray first. pray first. That is an upward moment. That, that is upward movement. Everybody say upward. Prayer, prayer. It's upward moving. It, it connects us upward. Prayer connects us with heaven. Prayer is pulling down the language of heaven. Prayer is upward movement. Then it says that you may be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's inward. Can you all say inward? Inward. So, so because we are the temples of God, we are filled with the Spirit of God. But because you are the temples of God, you don't be acting like people who aren't the temples of God. Get what I'm saying? Because you're the temple of God, you can't just be watching anything that's on television. Because you're the temple of God, you just can't be listening to anything that you shouldn't be listening to. Because you're the temple of God, you shouldn't talk like other people. You're the temple of God. The power of the Holy Spirit is living in you. It should, it should reflect. There should be a reflection of the Holy Spirit. It should be a marker that you're different. Everybody say inward. The Holy Spirit is inward. And then it says that you'll be rooted and established in love. Meaning, we have got to demonstrate the love of Christ outward. Can you say outward? about these movements. Upward, inward, outward. Upward, inward, outward. I believe this is what God is calling Lighthouse to do in 2024. Upward, that we would be a church that passionately pursues the presence of God. Inward, that we would also devote ourselves to reading the Word of God, empowering ourselves, that we would be devoted to growing as mature disciples in Christ, that we would that we would be growing in the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't do that. That's upward. But that we'd also be looted but we would also be rooted in love, meaning we have this outward trajectory that we're not in here just playing church, just to play church. If we're in here having a good time, but our neighbors don't know who we are, we miss the mark. I don't care if you have good church if you don't feed the homeless person down the street. You get what I'm saying? Like, we're not in here playing church. If we're not, if, if we're gone tomorrow and the city doesn't even know that we've left, we missed it. We missed it. So, so we have got to be people who are upward inward and outward and as i look at our calendar for 2024 i don't want to do things if they don't move us upward inward or outward if it doesn't move us upward inward or outward we're not funding it we're just not going to do it why because listen jesus is coming soon and lighthouse church we're running out of time I, I want you to share the urgency that I have. I have an urgency to make an impact on this city so that we can make an impact on North County, so that we can make an impact on San Diego County, so that we can make an impact on our state. And like I said just a minute ago, 2024 is going to be a crazy year. I just know it. I just know it. It happens every four years. All the demons start manifesting right around the time elections happen. And we have got to bind together. We're not going to fight like the world. We're not going to argue like the world. We're not going to lose our way like the world. No, we're different. We're children of God. I don't want Vista, I don't want Lighthouse Church to get a letter from Paul, figuratively speaking. Just making an analogy. I don't want us getting a letter. I want us to be known 
for getting it right. That we've done it upward. We've done it inward. We've done it outward. Because here's what I know. This is the last statement. And, and it's really been messing with me. Now to him he was able. Here's the deal. The God who is able is looking for a person who is willing. The God who is able is looking for a person who's willing. Some of us act like God is not able. Come on, but how many know that God is still able to heal the sick? How many know that God is still able to reconcile marriages? How many know that God is still able to reconcile our children back home again? How many know that God is still able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask and imagine? God is still able to do that. But what he's looking for is a person. What he's looking for is a church who is willing. He wants to do it. It's not a matter of does he want to do it. He wants to know are you willing. And so our theme for the next year is open door. That's our theme for 2024. I will be teaching on open door beginning next Sunday. Invite your crazy cousins. Open door is our theme because I really believe that it is an open door moment for this church. And the open door moment is simply this. Are we willing to walk through that door? Listen, he's, God's willing to do it. But the question is, are you willing to do it? Are you willing to walk through that door and say, God, here I am. Here I am. Because as we enter this new year, and I'll close with this, as we enter this new year, if you're anything like me, you've got goals, plans, you've got a vision. How many of y'all got goals for this year, 2020? Vision. I'm going to ask you a hard question. In those goals, how many goals include that God would expand the kingdom of heaven in your circles of influence? See, lots of times our goals are I want a job. I want a promotion. I want to lose weight. Come on, somebody. Like, these are, these are how we approach the new year, right? All these things we want God to do. But here's the question. If God answered all of your prayers today, would the world change or would just your world change? If God were to answer every single one of your prayers today, would the world change or just your world change? See, Lighthouse, I'm tired of praying small prayers. I, I don't want to be a small-minded church. I love that this church feels like family, but we should have an impact that is much greater than just family. And how does that happen? When the number one priority is to seek first the kingdom of God. Let me, let me help your vision boards right out. Let me help your vision boards out right now. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things are going to be added to you. So I know you have your goals. I know you have your vision. I know you have your lists. Seek first the kingdom of God. I know you want to grow your business. Seek first the kingdom of God. I know you want to grow your bank account. Seek first the kingdom of God. I know you want your marriage to get stronger. That's a good thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. Are you tracking with me, Lighthouse Church? Let's live a life that says, not my will, but your will be done. I'm not saying to don't go for those things. Let's do it. Yes and amen. I will pray for you. I just shared the story of that young man whose, whose kids were with him. But likewise, I also talked to another young man who just told me that his mom has advanced cancer which means they're not giving her much time so I'm holding these two tensions this morning that I celebrate that this father has his children back but I'm also punched in the gut because we've been praying at our men's prayer for this woman and her healing and instead of healing we found out she has advanced cancer so I hold these tensions in my hands at Lighthouse Church it just brings me back to prayer. It brings me back to the place where I've got to be 
people of prayer, people of power, people who are rooted in love. Let me pray for you right there where you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing in and through this church. I thank you, Lord God, because I believe you put a vision in front of us. Truly, Lord God, there is an open door, and there's no limit to the things that you want to do in and through this church. But I also know, Father, that you want us to get our prayer right. We've got to have the Holy Spirit active and empowering us. And we have got to be demonstrating your love tangibly. We're not just sending thoughts and prayers to those who are hurting. We're we're coming and we're bringing food and we're bringing clothes and and we're, we're bringing resources. Father, this is the church that you've called us to be. This is the life that you've called us to live. Help us, Father, to walk in that. Help us, Father, to be that church. Because when we do these things, it is only then that we will begin to see you do exceeding, abundant, above all that we can ask, think, or imagine. And we're here for it, God. And we're believing for it. And so we lay down our wills, and we lay down our plans, and we lift up your plans, and we lift up your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? We're going to close this service doing something just a little different. Normally, I'd say for those of you that would like prayer, come on down. But I grew up in the type of church where we would turn in our ear, where everybody would come to the altar. We'd grab our family and we'd all come to the altar together. And we would thank God for the year that we've had as we pray and look forward to the year that's coming. So we're going to do that today while we're small enough to do this. There's going to come a day and time where... There's going to be so many people, I have to say, you just got to do it at your row. But now in 2023, we can do it. Would you grab your family members, your friends that are with you, and run on down to this altar? We're going to close here at this altar. I want you to bring them up here. Let's turn in our year, as they say. Let's let's thank God for the year that we've had. Come on up here. I'm going to pray with you. Bring your family if you're able to. It's just the best way to end the year, giving praise to God, thanking Him for what He's done. But at the same time looking ahead to what he's going to do. Come on, we're going to thank God for the highs. We're going to thank God for the victories. We're also going to thank him for the lows. We're going to thank him for the lessons that we had to learn. We're going to worship him through the good times, but we're also going to worship him through the hard times. Come on, right where you are, would you cry out to God? Everybody praying in their own way, and our worship team is going to lead. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.